Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Undercut Podcast and what is technically the first of series two. Can I get a woo from the audience? Woo! Thank you, Ellie May, the only person who wants to chime in with my participation elements. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Jesse. Woo! Billington. Oh, thank you, Henry as well. There we go. I'm Jesse Billington, and as ever, I'm joined by my two capable chums, Ellie May Taylor and Timo Albus Daly. How are you both? Tired, but I'm good, thank you. Tired we can work with. We'll, we'll, we'll zhuzh you up with some paint scheme energy through the evening. Timo, how are you this evening? I'm rather good, thank you very much, Jesse. How about yourself? Not too bad. Had a busy day. I've been chasing Transport for London for some news articles and releases um, with regards classic cars and new les zones. So all very interesting things. But hey, that's that's my life these days. And um, we're also joined by a guest for this week's episode, the first guest of our 2023 season, the intensely handsome, a man styled after Valtteri Bottas himself, Henry Wallace. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. No, very much a pleasure to bring some some Hass knowledge and influence to the podcast, which is quite a good thing as uh, that's where we're starting off. Obviously, Hass, we're, um, they were the first out of the gates with their 2023 livery. And that's what this week's podcast is all about. We are reviewing the liveries for the 2023 cars. Obviously, we don't know if there's any special liveries yet to come um, or if Alpine are going to do what they did last year where they had one of the first two races and then just changed to something bit different but we'll find out because we're actually recording this uh, on the evening of alpine's livery launch and we don't know what it looks like apart from potentially the leaked photos from their silverstone trial day but hey that's that's the fun of the fair um but like we said we've got henry wallace here the Hass chap and makes sense to then start off with Hass, uh who have gone to back to black and white with a bit of red thrown in there they've also got um nico holkenberg and kevin magnuson driving for them this year so who wants to throw their hat into the ring with an opinion on their design first i think it's only fair we go straight to henry for this one well i don't like it i'm kidding I'm kidding. I can't. I can't not like it. Really, it's there's not a real great deal of legacy when it comes to. Hey, hey, here I've we got, go. I've got props for this as well. He says putting on <laughs> his has hat. My head's going to get very warm until we get to. I was going to do the exact. <laughs> there's somebody oh, else who's bought has merch in the UK. That's... Not bought. I was given this. This was my secret Santa gift from oh, Timo well, at the end of last year. Oh, well, but I enjoy it. It's a nice hat. It's, it's a good. A good it's, yeah. it's not it's too amusing tight, because now that I have supplied both Jesse and Eddie May with Hass merchandise, I'm the only one on this episode that doesn't actually have any Hass merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> well, send me your email and I'll do what I can do. <laughs> I need to get the whole crew kitted out in Hass, head to toe in Hass. Back to the livery, Henry. You like it. <laughs> You're a fan. I, I am. I am. Um, Hass don't really have a kind of a legacy. They don't have the sorts of. Um, the the amount of history that say Red Bull or Ferrari or McLaren do when it comes to livery they've changed it more or less every single year there's a few design details that they've managed to keep um as the years have gone on but I think considering where they were before and the sort of team that they are now it's nice that they've gone for a big change and obviously MoneyGram as the new title sponsor is going to be a fairly prominent thing on the car there's uh something on the on the fin at the back which if you look at it from top down, does remind us of the days of Nikita Mazepin. We don't say his name. We, we we've kind of scored him from the from my mental records. Um, but also, if you do look at it from top top down, it's got this kind of like trident shape 
going along the um the top of the side pods and towards the the front of the halo so kind of tying that in with k mags kind of danish nature scandinavian you know it's something that i quite liked from it um and it's nice to see it in black again the most prominent black livery that has had was of course the rich energy one in 2019 um but again with um with so many things at the moment in regards to weight saving um they've not gone too over the top with the black um and to take out the the has out of its signature red and put it into white i think's also quite a nice little feature um it's definitely my favorite livery that has done so far but the rich energy livery and last year's livery were actually i think a very joint close joint second I think last year's I quite liked the white with the red and the blue elements to it. It was quite unique. But this year's um the the black over it looks almost indie car-ish in a way. It's sort of really trimmed the car down. The dark colours make them look a lot slenderer than they in reality are. But I do like when you mentioned the the sort of top-down view to it on the red element on the sort of engine cowl, you've got the two arrows from the MoneyGram logos that do look like um it suggests the car should be revolving around a central axis in some sort of spinning motion, which is quite funny, really given their previous drivers but hey we roll with that one um but yeah this i think i want the Hass writing on the side pods in red i think that's you like it in the white i think in the red it would have worked and my one concern is this is possibly me as thinking as a photographer is black cars are a nightmare to photograph regardless of the circumstance which is probably also gonna be a problem for the mercedes moving forwards as well trying to get a good shot of it especially in low light conditions um i didn't think we we're going to have anything worse than the Haas for all black but here we are um but yeah the the money thing on the front wing as well looks a bit like an advert for the one show where you've got the same colors and from some angles you can just see <laughs> one and you just think oh they're promoting Alex Jones on the one show anything and that's a bit odd but um otherwise yeah it's 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 a nice design it's a good starting point for where the designs have gone this season but um I don't think it's out of my favorite Haas designs I don't think this is it I really like the design I think for me it is they're my favorite Haas designs but kind of on the same note that you said I wouldn't have put the Haas on the side in red but I would have liked more red in the side pods or something like that just to break up the black a bit and I also think due to where MoneyGram is based on sort of the fin it kind of now makes it look like the numbers of the drivers were an afterthought and they've just been kind of squished in and I think they look quite weird and I also think then when you're trying to watch the drivers as they go around on track I think it'll actually be quite difficult to see their numbers and be able to distinguish that way of oh that's that's Kevin or that's Nico we're probably going to have to maybe look at their helmets to try and distinguish who they are but other than that I think it's, it is a good looking car I'm just being nitpicky yeah I think, we'll I think going... it's a good blend of past liveries and I quite like it it's honouring what's come before for the most part but then also very much distinct in itself and very much fitting of 2023 and I think the reason we had such a minimalist livery last year was for some obvious reasons there so there wasn't enough time to really go and design something new so whereas this time they've been able to, to really go for it and it works quite nicely I don't know if it's my favourite of the Hass ones but it's nice that it kind of does a bit of honouring the past like I say and looking to the future a bit and 
as for your complaint about photography, Jesse, I think it's just challenging you to be a better photographer. And the Mercedes, likewise, it just wants you to to find that inner, inner more professional part of you that, that knows that you can do it, but you can't do it right now. You've got to grow, and that's going to happen over the year, Jesse. So it's, that, that's it's, what that's really about. It's presenting a personal challenge to me through the year. Well, potentially, I'll try and get myself FIA certified as a photographer and get trackside, and that might give me an advantage as opposed to trying to shoot through the fence at Luffield. So we'll see. Anyway, yeah. So general consensus on the Haas is it's a pretty strong starting point for this year's liveries. Um, but if we're talking about, and they've changed it up a bit. I think that's the important thing is they've changed it up over the past few years. They've always had something that's a little bit different. The same cannot be said for the second livery we saw unveiled this year, which was Red Bull, which has simply been titled here as same old, same old. Not worth waiting an hour for, was it? I'm sure you've got to laugh at the people who did thinking that there was going to be something different there as if... It's 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 one thing if it's Ferrari because it's Ferrari, so we just we let them get away with a lot because they're Ferrari. But Red Bull is not Ferrari, and you know your livery. It may be historically very nice in forty years when, who knows if they're still there or what the situation is. But that's not now, so it's just I don't know. It's fine. I think it's very much a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, you always know what you're going to get with Red Bull, and I quite like the classic Red Red Bull design, so why change it? I just, the thing I don't understand is why they always go mad on their livery reveals. It's almost like, oh, we haven't actually spent money designing a livery because it's the same every year, so let's just put that money into the livery reveal and go wild. Yeah, I... I like it's a decent livery. I have nothing against it, but again, I just don't get why they have such a fanfare about unveiling what's never actually going to be the car that hits the track in their shakedown sessions or testing. It's just a model. It's got clearly the bits that are designed on it to throw off other manufacturers if they want to look at it. And the livery looks pretty much exactly the same as it did last year, but with some slight differences to sponsors across it. I was like, I'm not growing bored of it. It's a great livery. It looks great, and it. I love the fact that Red Bull have stuck with very much the same sort of style since they sort of joined the sport. And obviously Sebastian Vettel helped cement it as an iconic livery, winning his four championships back to back. It really baked it into the mindset of great livery. If, if it's a livery that wins championships, people immediately give it kudos. Like you look at the um, McLaren Hondas, the Marlboro McLaren Hondas from the sort of Prost and um, Senna era. Great, great cars, really fantastic liveries. And you remember them because they won championships or you remember the silver McLaren that Lewis won with and you think, yeah, perfect liveries. And yeah, you sort of step outside of that and you start losing it. I think it get you get associated with the Red Bull one of being great because it has this great history. Um, but admittedly, it's a young history, a history that's barely even a decade old in its uh, oldest areas. So Just to build off that slightly as well, you've seen with other cars that we'll get to on this list that they are similar a lot of them to what they were last year but they seem to be slight evolutions or you can see that there was there have been tweaks made and you can tell that in the color or in this or that but once the names that have changed rather than anything else and like you say you need to have a history like mclaren williams or ferrari where there is so much of it there that you can afford to keep the same livery in ferrari's case or you have a few changes but very distinct to a certain era like with mclaren like with williams where you can rotate between these two or three but with red bull you've just got you've got the success associated with this livery but you've also got the immense failures between 14 and 20 so you're just kind of there with like there isn't anything to really distinguish out of it which you do kind of have 
Mercedes as well now because you do have the silver, you've got the black, you've got the back to silver, and you can make these little inroads where you're like, okay, that tells a story where Red Bull is just constant and there's no real, it's fine, but there's no real, it's all just in one go, which I suppose works with Ferrari, but again, you get away with that because you're Ferrari. It's one of those mysteries of the world that doesn't need an answer, if that mm. makes sense. That or Red Bull just simply didn't bother redesigning it and spent the money on catering, perhaps? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was only going to be a matter of time before somebody brought in the uh, the cost cap thing, wasn't it? I think the livery is kind of fine. It, it's It's iconic for its time, I think. There was a lot of talk online about being something completely different to what we'd seen for the past few years from Red Bull, where there was um, there was the Mr. Doodle um, picture kind of promoted and people go, is this going to be the livery? Or mm. they were considering potentially, is it going to go back to that, that white Red Bull that everybody seemed to really um, latch on to? When was that? 2021? That was... They, yeah, they had that... Um... Japanese special, Japanese but, special but in, yeah, but not in Japan, was it? It was in, in Turkey, Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, it's not, it's not a horrible livery, um, but I think, yeah, that's the ceremony was an absolute joke. Um, I think obviously trying to appease their sponsors more than do any sort of service to the fans, but are the fans? Of Red Bull really going to care anyway because they're just ex- they're expecting the performance that they may not necessarily be after the the best looking car or the most dynamic in terms of livery. If the if the if the formula of what they're doing is working for the team, they're probably not going to try and do anything too radical because then they might have an association that that a new livery has marked the beginning of a different stage. And if they're just developing it and adding a few things here and there, it might be something for them that is where we're ramping up to complete domination or nobody is ever going to top us. So stay away from us. This livery isn't going anywhere, potentially. Or is that? I've got two two things to kind of comment there on, on just going off what you said there, Henry. I think part of it is that... When it comes to on-track stuff, the Red Bull clearly know what they're doing. When it comes to off-track stuff, probably less so because it's probably the delivery that's the it's the most difficult one to get excited about because you always hope that oh, livery, what are we going to see? What are we going to see? And mm-hmm. Ferrari have somehow cracked this. Not to keep going back to them, but where they can have the pretty much the same livery year in year out, and we all go mad for it regardless. Whereas Red Bull, they quite haven't quite captured that, even when they put on a massive spread for it. Um, and the other thing I think would be interesting to see, which we're still away from, is when Ford officially do join them in 26, will that be then when we get an actual different livery, or will that just be Ford on the rear wing like it was with Thunder? What I will say, the one thing that is good about them staying the same in terms of livery is that your merch never goes out of date. This is true. Although I don't have any Red Bull merch, so that's probably something I'll to resolve this season. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have a I don't have top any. and two hats. Mm. Need to need to get some more hats in the collection, get some Red Bull ones. But moving on, speaking of hats, um, it's a chance for me to swap hats as we move on to Williams and their livery for the 2023 season. And it's not a... It's... I don't know. I'm in mixed minds about the Williams livery for this year. It's all right. Again, like Timo said earlier on, it's sort of an evolution of the 2022 look. 
I like they've really doubled down on the Duracell airbox thing. It was Duracell was written on the airbox last year, but this year they probably decided to just make it look like a battery man. It's just funny. And I like that. I like the lightheartedness of it. And the design is good, but design is one thing, performance on track is another. So I sort of I'm gonna wait to be impressed by the boys from Oxfordshire. They've made some some good developments with the car as well from what we've seen and the test session that they did at Silverstone went as well as they could have hoped for. Both drivers were happy there. So it's a, it's a positive sign that the developments they weren't able to make last year because of the cost cap, they've at least managed to get that sorted. So while they still might be behind, at least they've been able to get those issues sorted. So how much closer that brings them, we don't know, but at least that's that's a nice thing as well. And you can tell that with the design of it. Um, and I, I hope it's so far... I've, not been proven right on this front so that's good where last year's car looked great in the studio but then on the track it didn't look as good to me so i'm hoping that that gets fixed this year and so far so good but again not much else to say there is just a nice little subtle evolution and I, like you say jesse i've I, I quite like the duracell battery edition there with them just really leaning into that and just the lightheartedness you got to appreciate it i think it's better than last year's but I think I always expect a lot from Williams, which is why I always get disappointed. I tend to think that they're going to go back to their early to mid-90s livery and it never happens. So I'm never going to be satisfied unless that moment comes. But that's not going to happen because you're not going to get, like, unless they change to a Renault engine, they then might. But until then, I think it is it is nice, but I would always be kind of disappointed with that. I just want it to go back to the 90s livery. Suggest, it was... Suggestion for the podcast. Can we make the logo for our podcast yellow? We get enough money and we sponsor them and we can get a dash of yellow back on the car then. Could do. I mean, what you really want is them to be sponsored by Rothmans again, because that was where much of the colour scheme and came from. And we change our name to Rothmans. <laughs> yeah. And that sort of gives you the sort of blue. And it was a gold stripe, wasn't it, for Rothmans? And then obviously you've got the Renault Elf across the engine covers. So we the go into partnership with Renault and Elf Oils or we become a cigarettes manufacturer and call ourselves Rothmans. Knowing our luck will probably be the latter. (laughs) Yeah, we'll somehow stumble into that or the Undercut Podcast brought to you by Marlborough. (laughs) Which I wouldn't be against because again, dope livery. Yeah, it is. I personally think that this year and last year's livery was um, actually a really nice change. My favourite Williams livery of recent years, I think, has got to be the Martini when it was just a very clean white mm-hmm. with a nice stripe down the middle. Um, their, their merchandise and their team wear was very, very clean. And I think it was rather iconic. Unfortunate at the time as to when it was because they, they weren't doing they weren't doing great. Uh, well, but no, Lance Stroll think... got a podium with them at that point, didn't he? Well, and Bottas. And Bottas. If it I was after fourteen fifteen, they were on their way down the grid, so yes, yeah. less good it's, by comparable so, notion. So maybe that it's that they, they, well, there you go. They lost that livery and they started going down. Yeah, they need to be sponsored There's, by Martini again. Clearly, more alcohol sponsors oh, on the grid. Or, um, if ever Jacob I mean, Phillips had a calling to go into F one sponsorship, so I, I like this livery. I think um, it's vibrant. It's one of the more vibrant ones on the on the grid. Um, there's a lot of black on um, from the teams this year, and actually to have something that is entirely blue um, will be very easy to spot. Unfortunately, it will be probably at the back. 
easy to photograph because you're moving slowly. It. Yeah, you'll get a bunch of chance to admire it as it comes past sort of thing. Um, speaking of the whole sort of bring back alcohol sponsorships to F1 on a bit of a sidetrack, best alcohol brand that would or best livery from an alcohol brand, what do you think would make the best one go? Newcastle Obviously. Brown Ale. Oh, yes, because you could have the star on there and then cold races, yeah, the yeah. star would change colour. Yeah, I'm immediately on board with you on that one. It gets cut, or it gets, when it rains, that's when the logo the changes. logo changes colour. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. thinking probably somewhere along the lines, because obviously Aston Martin are sponsored by Peroni. They've got the Peroni 0% one. But I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to have one sponsored by Doombar? I think that would yes. make for a really good livery. That would. That nice blue and silver look to it yeah it would look it would look quite good well before we get completely sidetracked once again we'll move on to the fourth livery on this list which comes from yet another hat <laughs> alfa romeo and uh new year and uh, timo's written for this one black adam anti-hero vibes it's fun um they also had a weird art deco sort of promo livery which won't get used at all they did similar pointless nonsense last year but um i don't think it's worth including those in our rankings at the end of the video but I think this year's is a good-looking car. That's a nice livery they've got going on here. And it's, again, I think we've been shown a bit of a dummy for the actual tech specs of the car. It's got a very interesting-looking side to the floor. But otherwise, it it looks good. And equally, the black really tends to trim down the cars because they're a bit of sort of, as I've written in my notes here, heckin' chonkers this year. They've still, they look a bit pudgy, the cars. But the black really adds to the sort of slendering nature, especially around the tail end of the engine cowls. So it's... It's very interesting, and equally the black or lack of paint and just sort of the glossed carbon fibre does trim the weight back. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any through-the-season evolutions of these paint schemes and liveries, like we saw last year as teams were sort of fighting to try and shed weight by scraping more and more paint off their cars as the races went by. But I think Alfa Romeo's off to a good start. It looks good, and I think the red and black is its something. It really is. I really like the dark mode and it's been done really well and my initial thought when I first saw it I was like oh that's a good looking car and whilst it still is I then saw it side by side with last year's and I actually kind of prefer the red and white I think it actually looks keener so it is still good but I think I prefer the red and white I'm hoping that with it being a second year for both of those drivers in the team it's going to be very much like okay we got up to speed we were kind of nice last year like we had this nice clean livery like you say but this year we can really be a bit mischievous about it a bit fernando alonso and hopefully they'll have made the gains to to go with that and if that means that they're going to be stealing the odd point away from other teams that may be further up the grid battling but they're going to be the ones to come in and be sneaky every now and again then i think this car looks perfect for that because you're like nah that pesky alfa romeo but Damn it, it looks nice. So I can't be too mad at that getting on, getting there and getting in the top ten a bit more regularly. No, I think that's a good point. I think with uh, with the Alpha, it's uh, it's it's good because the color, the coloring is it's simple. It's in blocks. It's not trying to do anything too complicated on it. And with the with the the black kind of offsetting the white from last year, um, I would have to agree with Ellie May on. The, the white one looking cleaner but this this dark one really really goes um really goes nicely with what else is going on and um it's gonna be it's gonna be one of one of those ones that you're right timo you, you're gonna look at it and you go yeah damn that's a that is a tasty looking car 
I wasn't entirely sure how the steak logo was going to look on it because it's more flowing. They they are um, Orlan moved um, from Alpha to Alpha, Alpha, alpha to Alpha. Um, and I wasn't I wasn't sure how that was going to work, but I think actually it's worked out surprisingly well considering the n- now the number of car number of um considering now the number of sponsors that, that are on the alfa romeo i thought it might have got a bit lost or it wouldn't really go with that harsh black line against the red but uh, actually it seems the, the only wish i have for off. the season for alfa romeo is when they get to austin if that they change the stake logo to be an actual stake because if they don't do it there i feel that's a missed opportunity do you mean do you mean like a a, a piece of meat or a yes. wooden pole both <laughs> both put put one on one bit of it and put the other on whichever other end i don't mind put a stake on the back actually on the rear wing and then you put the other stake the the wooden stake on the nose because that would fit better maybe that's a test of how hot the Alfa Romeo gets as to how well cooked your steak is. Yeah, if they're suffering overheating problems through the hot races, this sort of when it comes in for sort of tyre changes, someone whips off the filet mignon and slaps on another one and just sort of breaks open the one they've taken off and goes, and it's still mid-rare in the middle. I think we're doing all right with the cooling setup. <laughs> sort of running that well for ones. Yeah. I think the steak logo works well because it's it's a similar sort of script style to the Alfa Romeo script. So it just about blends in. And equally, it's not huge on the side pod. It's only about as big as the Alfa Romeo sort of logo is a little further back on the engine. So it it sits nicely. It's not big and overpowering and blockish in the way that some of the things on the Red Bull are that sort of jump out you and go, oh my God, they're definitely trying to sell me that. You just look at it and go, steak. Don't know what that is. Maybe I ought to buy it. I don't know, but it's on the side of this car, and it's yeah, subtle enough. I like it. It, it doesn't detract from the overall design. Do you think that Alfa Romeo, Haas, and Ferrari, as they're all gone, sort of well, Ferrari less so, but they've gone for the red and the the black. Do you think that then, when it that car's coming up behind you, that you're not going to know which one it is. You're not going to know which one it is. So you're going to look in your rear mirror and be like. Is, is that a Ferrari and it's overtaking me and I've got to let it go past? Or is that a Haas that I'm fighting? Yeah, I mean, it's well, great if you're the one that's fighting. Way, that works quite well, because the whole point of this is that they should all be fighting regardless of who they're up against and not just letting anyone pass. Oh, we're not in this fight because we're meant to be fighting. <laughs> no, but if, you're, the, if that's that, the you case, fight everyone they've... and get on with it. <laughs> if that's the case, they've just got to let the Haas go through. Just everybody could just stop. <laughs> just let us... Just... Get on through to the front. That would be fab. Anybody listening who works for any Formula One team, just just take my. It'd be great. I'll I'll give you a. I'll buy you a pint. I mean, optimistically, as the Tifosi fan, I think it, it's likely to be the Ferrari that gets blue flagged through. But obviously, if you're a similar looking car that's also following through, you might get away with a cheeky overtake <laughs> under the blue flags because they simply go, oh, I thought I let the Ferrari pass. Oh, that was the Alfa Romeo. Whoops, my mistake. It's unlikely to be, unless it's, it's going to be a strange season if we have like all the red cars fighting at the front of the grid. So you've got your Haas, your Alfa Romeo and your Ferrari all duking it out at the front in one, not necessarily the front of the grid, just in one grouping. That's going to be very strange. Which goes back to what I was be... saying before, whereas if they are stealing the odd point or more points or podium, like darn it for tricking me but it's a handsome car so i can't be too mad at that you but the dog's going to be the motorsport it's almost going to be the motorsport equivalent of three children in a long 
brown trench coat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this seems suspicious. But the whole dark thing does bring into the strange question of we've got an extra night race on the calendar this year. We've obviously added Las Vegas to the list. And obviously, we've already got Saudi Arabia, we've got Singapore, so we've got quite a few night races. Qatar as well, the, think, and Qatar is going to be night race. Uh, Bahrain and Abu Dhabi are technically counted as dusk races, but they're pretty dark by the time the race is done. What's it going to be like when you've got these tiny little pod wing mirrors, you're skimming along the road at 200 miles an hour, and you've got to try and, in the dark behind you, spot a car that's coming towards you? That's not going to be easy, especially when you've got the likes of a very dark Haas, a very dark Alfa Romeo, and what's ultimately a very dark Mercedes likely coming past you, either for an overtake or under blue flags. I'm it... going to spoil your fun, Jesse. Go on. Team radio. They'll yeah. just get told. Yeah, they'll get told, but I mean, how often does team radio not work or prove kind of useless? You've only got to look back at things like Azerbaijan, where you've got all the high-rise buildings and the radio is yeah, terrible. Yeah, but it's daytime there, so you're going to have more chance of seeing what's behind you. Yeah, but you night. take those high-rise buildings, like you'd have in, I don't know, Las Vegas, where it's going to be dark and nighttime and hot, and you've got the drivers under pressure, or Singapore, and all of a sudden you've got, you could well have problems. I'd, driver it, tracker. Driver tracker, I don't, yeah, but you're not going to have that on your, on your little no, steering wheel. No, but the radio, and then they'll be like, oh, I can read that on the, rad- on the screen. I'll tell the person, job done. I, it, it just for me sparks the idea that we could see some fairly interesting shunts because oh I didn't see you there which it's going to be interesting but anyway we'll move on from one alpha to the other and alpha towery which just has a small very fo- much a case of I wish I couldn't see you there yes um, which just simply has next to it as a note at the moment minus 10 um, we'll start with Henry go on then yeah it it didn't do anything for me there to relate it back to my favorite topic has um it's got a white nose basically from the the beginning of the cockpit all the way down to the tip and unlike the has it's almost completely white it's not been separated by another layer of color and it just looks a bit i'm not trying to think of the word to describe it so i use a james may term it looks a bit gopping thank you front. and the the alpha towery logo i don't think you could make it any bigger than it was last year but somehow they've managed to do it and the red on the orlan i think it's it's been a bit of um, a mixed bag between people as to whether it is a good thing or is it's not so good i'm leaving on the it's doesn't really fit but then orlan aren't going to want to take away their primary color it's a tricky color scheme to get along with, but I think I don't I don't really rate this one. There were probably better ways of fitting that red in there. And I mean my notes are pretty short on this one on the grounds of it. It feels basic. The red looks like a mistake. And I know it's got to be there for the honest sponsorship, like you've already said, but it's just wrong. It's sort of a my first livery looking ass job. It's sort of the thing you can imagine a myopic preschooler doing with some crayons and going, Oh, I wanted to put some red on there. Boom, stick it on the halo, job done. And it's mm. It feels like someone sort of walked into the Alpha Tower office and went, oh, car looks great, guys. What colour are we painting it? And then everyone went, shit, we haven't figured that out yet, have we? <laughs> but you look at last year. Last year's livery was probably one of the best ones on the grid. And it was a good-looking car, yeah. And it was like, how's it gone from there to to here? And mm. like, oh, I get it. It must be really tricky being the people in 
charge of designing these cars because you've got to appease fans and you've got to appease sponsors and trying to get that balance is obviously extremely difficult um, i like the idea but... that the red bull uh designer was so annoyed that he wasn't able to do a new livery for them that he just took his anger out and did the avatar one and went, i'll punish you this way either <laughs> that or it's a warning of what could be coming for red bull with them to do like yeah it could be worse than this but also it could be this which is already bad so at your own risk but it's it was one of the things that I think it, it obviously looked very different when I first looked at it. It didn't look as bad on second look, but that was still a case of, yeah, I still don't like you. You're just not as grim as I first thought, but that's not going to do too much in where you rank for me. And I like that they tried something different. At least they can say they did that, but I would be very surprised if that's still the livery for them next year. And the launch as well was a little odd for me. Like we were saying, Red Bull earlier, that was a bit curious as to why go through all the hassle just to do the same old same old whereas this one it kind of went too far in the opposite direction and yuki seems to have shrunk which i didn't know was possible and the way defreeze was standing made it look like that they'd just cgi'd out the back end of him because he's actually a centaur the way he's standing there so it just all all very bizarre i'm currently going through is it the eight degrees of separation or something like that because Alpha Tauri... <laughs> Eight stages of grief, isn't it? That's the one. Eight stages of grief, that's it. Alpha Tauri usually have one of the best liveries for me. I've always loved their clean, swooping lines of blue and white contrast. And this year, what, they've decided to add the red, which kills the entire thing. And like Henry said, they've gone for a white block at the front, a blue block at the back. And I'm just... I'm so sad. Why do the wheel trims look like shurikens as well? It just looks That's like a good it, point. Yeah, I've just pulled it up in front of me just to sort of refresh my mind as to how terrible it was because I enjoy torturing myself I'd, like that. And I'd I've rather just, not. I was going to say, was like, you, you're, you're a brave man for doing that. Next time someone subjects you to looking at it, have a look at what they've got on like the wheel covers and they look like shurikens. They've sort of got four bladed spoke bits painted onto them. I don't know why, because it doesn't seem to correspond to any of the sponsorship they've got. So it's just simply a case of someone sat down and went, heck it, ninja wheels. <laughs> why? I kind of hope that they do well this year, though, especially compared to last year, just for the sole purpose of we'll have to look at it more and we'll just eventually have Stockholm Syndrome with it. Whereas if it would be down the back of the grid like they were last year, we won't see it as much and we'll be saved that that we saved that uh, that horror but it would be kind of amusing if it does just kind what of if, bounce back for them now and like oh god they're going to keep it now because it's helped them do better or it becomes the williams theory of if it's slow we see the sponsorship for longer and then we all go ooh orlan i will buy whatever orlan do what do orlan do what do orlan do i see what you mean about the wheel covers as well it kind of looks like you're looking down into the bottom of a blender yes yeah it's like sort of a bladed spinny object orlan here yeah. we go PKN, Orland, Petrol Refinery Company, Polski Concern, Naftawi, Orland, Spolka, Aksienja. To be fair, Jesse, you've been telling me a lot how you've been wanting to get your petrol refined. You, it's one of your pet peeves in life, and well, I think I, we've finally found a solution for it. I've got so much of this goddamn unrefined petrol, I think I might have to start speaking to these people called Orland, because I've seen them sponsorship, sponsoring the Alpha Tauri. I've, I'm sold. That's exactly how If they'd works. like to sponsor the podcast as well, then have a chat with them about that, you know? More than welcome to. Although then we say, love the livery and we think it's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Although I will go back to my um, original roots of when I used to smoke at university. Always smoked Marlboro. <laughs> so um, dollar, dollar, please. 
And if they do give us a lot of money, that may help me get over my grief. Yeah. Our next contender, number six on the list, Aston Martin. Quietly excited, but more for the design rather than delivery, which, as I said earlier, is just an evolution of what we had last year. It's a slightly better green than last year. I think it's still not the green I want it to be, which would be similar to the the Jaguar of yesteryear or Jim Clark's Lotus. That was much more the green I was hoping for. But from the design stuff, they seem to have not just copy and pasted Red Bull for a change. They've done that, but they've also done that for all the other teams that worked last year as well. So... I can see why Alonso is quite looking forward to it. It'd be interesting to see what they can do. And I think the the darker green kind of helps with that and definitely suits Fernando and what we know about him and just his whole personality. So I'm I'm enjoying that. He looks good in green. Mm. I mean, I I've previously been quite vocally wrong about the Aston Martin. I think finally it's a step in the right direction because I was like, I'm fairly certain I've seen a Ast- original Aston Martin racing car flick back through my photos from Goodwood Revival last year. And sure enough, I had a shot of one of the very early 1950s spec Aston Martin F1 cars and looked at the colour that the car was through the haze of tyre smoke and carcinogenic exhaust fumes. And turns out that the colour they've got on their car this year is very historically accurate. And I like historically accurate stuff. I'm weird and old like that. So seeing them sort of get very close to the a green that's very similar, I quite like. The problem is the Aston Martin is obscured in the shot by a, a Coventry Climax Lotus, which is also in green, but arguably the green that Timo wants, which I do think is still better. Um and equally the it's light... a pain when you have to agree with me isn't it? it it really hates i hate to do it but at the same time you do genuinely have a point of if you're going to go for a british racing car in green it's got to be british racing green and yeah um and equally the light often over plays over the green they've gone for really unflatteringly it always looks great in the studio where it's always lit with a green light weirdly um but then as soon as they get it outside it just looked gray once you add a bit more blue to it from sort of natural light colors so yeah I still want to see a dash of yellow from the GT teams on there. If they could do that, I'd be a happy bunny. But overall, this isn't a shocker, but it's hardly my favourite either. Yeah, I have to agree in that I really want it to be British racing green. But kind of like Timo said, it wasn't the colour that I was more drawn to. It was the design of the car itself. And it does look a lot sexier than last year's. So... Hopefully, good things are coming to Aston Martin. That's for sure. I mean, I, uh, I I thought the the delivery once they've managed to pull the the, the BWT off from uh, the Aston in their first year, uh, it definitely lifted it. And when they had that really nice kind of like lime green accent running along the side, I thought that was really nice. I actually on that green thing, a British racing green, obviously, I think would be a better one, uh, a nice richer one instead of one that's kind of almost a bit fern-y. Desaturated, yeah. Yeah, a bit desaturated, a bit kind of thin. Instead of a British racing green, how about and this is you may or may not know this colour, but the the specific British Railways green that was very similar to British racing green but slightly darker and then they have an orange band around it. If you find um, the only yes. green railway I can think of is it's Great Western Railway. Oh, not that Great Western Railway. No, we don't do that here. Yes, no, I've got British Rail locomotive green up in front of me, and it's it's not bad. I mean, look at it. Yeah, think of the sort of color that the Flying Scotsman would have been painted in. That sort of color. Mm. 
and yeah. what it's currently painted in now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's not bad. I could I could go for a bit of that. Yeah. Could, could the Aston be the green bull again this year? Um, potentially. Um, but Lance Stroll, if he's gonna be defending, he definitely needs to calm the ever loving Pachesus out of his maneuvers and just tone things down a touch. Well, no, he needs to keep doing what he's doing because, according to um, Fernando Alonso, he's world champion material. Oh, he is. He is world. What, champion. what you didn't see was was Lawrence just out of shot holding a gun to his head. Yeah, say it, say it, and we'll give you your family back. <laughs> <laughs> um, number seven on the list, McLaren, and I prefer this to last year's a little bit. The dark mode suits it; it sort of makes it look a bit trimmer, a bit more angular, a bit tighter, and equally the bigger blue bands across it are perfect. They really sort of highlight the curves left on the side pods. It's a good livery. Really busy. I again, like last year's car, I've never seen a car so littered with sponsorship before. It's absurd just how hard. The clearly the financials and sponsorship side of McLaren are working to get names and money in bank accounts. But hey, here we are. It's one of my favourites actually, and I really like the contrast between the papaya blue and black. And I'm also not opposed to how sort of big that chrome logo is either. I think it actually adds a bit of colour that that black needs. Otherwise, you'd have a huge bulk of black at the back, and it might have looked a bit it would have looked like it needed something. So that chrome kind of gives it what it needs. I'm not so sure. I, It kind of feels like it's starting to lose its McLaren-ness. If they're trying to keep the papaya and have the papaya as their, their, their main brand image with that neon blue, I think they needed to have a little bit more of it. Google's presence certainly seems to have grown exponentially. Um... And it the the color the main colors of the car really only seem to have been fitted onto the onto the side pods onto the nose, and that seems about it. Which you, you could argue kind of tones down the the lairiness of that um, those bright neon colors. Obviously, a car that they definitely want to have um, a lot of eyes on. A very striking looking thing. Well, you won't bloody um, miss it, will you? You can't miss it. But I think probably like a vast majority of McLaren fans, I really wanted that um, golf livery to stay with McLaren and to be a permanent thing when they had it in Monaco because the amount of the amount of merchandise that they were able to sell and how iconic those colors are together, I think I think they should have stuck with it. It's a shame that golf have gone to Williams now, but um, I can't help that, and I won't. The golf colours, yeah, they were the most. They were beautiful. Mm. They were definitely. I think the problem with McLaren is how do you define what their colours really are? Because over the years they've changed so much. I mean, they were silver and red, red and white, silver and black when it was McLaren West. Yeah, the old West livery with Coulthard and, and um, Hakkinen. Yeah, so it's how really do you define what McLaren's colours really are? They sort of just change with sponsorships and kind of however they feel. I think the papaya orange is definitely in there because that's always been in the the um, 
boomerang shape that forms part of it along with the fast kiwi i think that's a key a key color to it but what you add to it i think is a key is a def- is what makes or breaks the livery if you're going to definitely stick with the papaya orange it's what you sort of supplement it with what the side dishes are and i think while it's a nice evolution as well the blue it seems more like the alpine blue we saw last year and indeed this year as they continue in the in the same vein and it's like are you trying to turn into your competition or, mm. or what is what is your motive there because it doesn't really blue has never really been much of a of a mclaren thing from from memory unless i'm missing something glaring there and the orange and that blue i don't go as well together um it's it's still nice enough it's just again it's not one of the most exciting things on there and again just a little side note again maybe they just haven't got all the suits ready yet but piastri doesn't look like he grew into his suit by the time it was was launch day so it looked a little bit odd there maybe he's borrowing zacks <laughs> yeah it does look a little a little big on him it's a little broad fitting looking back at the pictures maybe it's danny ricks and they've just sort of removed he'll the embroidery grow. or something he'll, he'll grow into it it was hand-me-downs <laughs> it's a yeah. he's a growing lad that'll be fine we've got red bull's <laughs> catering budget he'll fill that out we'll move swiftly on and with another cap change the final one of the episode unfortunately to ferrari and god damn that's a good looking motor car right there a wooga a wooga a wooga um the ferrari script on the rear wing yes the red and the black and balance is spot on it gives the car a svelte trim look right around the waistline as it tapers to the rear it's really trim right around the side pods and yeah charles leclerc world champion here we come all aboard the scuderia hype train what are you saying but will it derail the train will not derail this is not british british rail service this is this is bullet train service right here straight to a world championship all aboard please and thank you so regardless of the performance, and I hope it's there this year and there continuously, which if you listen to the Ferrari uh, people, they have sorted out the reliability. So let's hope that's the case. But I've written a very short note here, which sums, I think, all of our thoughts up very nicely, which is that I appear to have creamed my pants again because of a Ferrari. I think that's quite fair. Henry, anything to add to that? Without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. I, I, I mean, what more can I add? What a way to, to launch the Ferrari campaign for this year with the shakedown live um, at the circuit in front of all those people. Here's the car straight away out on track. You can see it. You can listen to the messages. It kind of, I, at first I thought they were pre-recorded because it felt a little bit too um, scripted. At to first. be fair, if you saw their launch from last year, you can see how badly scripted they can be. So it was wow. definite improvement <laughs> from this year. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that there's there's a few small black accents that haven't gone too mad with the um with the carbon fiber thing, um and it kind it will highlight some of their newer sponsors, which will definitely appease them, but it won't appease their sponsors in the sort of same way, the same sort of wanky way that the Alpha Tauri did. But I think the best thing for me was that the whole launch was that. That little video clip with uh, Frederick Sir, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc deciding who was going to drive the car. It felt very natural and very sort of um, a very a very cute moment between the three of them. Well, obviously, you've got Charles and Fred's uh, previous relationship when he was with the, the karting team and with Alfa Romeo. Um, and I, there's something I'd like to see a little bit more from these launches where we had Red Bull, where it was all very 
very corporate and they said oracle red bull racing probably about a hundred thousand times um it was really nice i think to see them being a bit more relaxed and it, it, i think they're going to be a bit more relaxed and it's not going to feel quite so um so stark compared to compared to last year so I've got to agree with you there in the sense that I think if you're going to go down that same route of you're going to have one livery for all time, then Red Bull really needs to take a look at Ferrari and how they do their launches and everything. Because if Red Bull had done that, I can probably say with as much certainty as possible that we would have all been a lot more excited about it, especially because it'd be interesting to have seen that same kind of banter between Christian, Max and Sergio, especially between Max and Sergio, given we don't know how much there's still baby tension there from last year or if that's all on the boat. But that would have been a great way to dispel that by having this nice natural feeling. And like, that was all last year. This is this year. We're going to do this now. Here's a shakedown. Let's have some fun as opposed to whatever the heck that was. And also you'd have Danny Rick there as well in that instance, which even if he's not in the car, if you're sticking him in charge of the team radio, you've got gold already. So it's just an easy own goal there. Instead, they went to New York and did something. It really their reveal really sort of gave that Tafosi passion that is the reason why everyone's a Ferrari fan. And that car is just beautiful. And that's all I really need to say on it. Oh, and it still looks like a vagina from the bird's eye view. So <laughs> Some men still can't find the top of the halo. <laughs> <laughs> is that what I, you were trying to, to admit... say about the Hass earlier, Henry? Was that what you were trying to find instead of a Triton? <laughs> Yeah, I have to say, I've I've never looked at a vagina from a bird's eye view. I don't. You're missing out, my friend. It's, it's certainly a... not from certainly not from that height. Can, can we start wasted a Valentine's Day. book of quotes for this year, Jesse, and stick that in there on the first page? First page opening up straight into the season. I've never looked at a vagina from a bird's eye view. You've wasted your weekends there, mate. What can I say? I come up with absolute comedy turd. We're having this man back. Um, We'll move on to Mercedes, uh, the ninth and uh, penultimate car on our list. And oh, I'm not a Mercedes fan generally. I'm, take or leave them, but that is an incredible looking car. I didn't think it was going to look great when they were like, oh, it's all black. And I'm going, nah. But it works. It really works. Obviously, the liver, the sponsorship placement across the car is quite clever in the way that it, it sort of gives curves and edges to it and the yellow streaks through it and the yellow and the black it is oh fantastic you know what it reminded me of jesse you know the the scene in batman begins where he's testing out the tumbler and he's like does it come in black yes yeah it's very much that it really is but again it does sort of highlight my my question as a photographer on the grounds of how easy will it be to photograph and also spot in your mirrors it at won't night be racing easy but you'll be really satisfied when you achieve it jesse Oh, that's for certain. It will look fantastic, either, or especially at a night race at something like Singapore or Las Vegas. Under the lights, that's going to look bombastic. But especially if you don't see that coming up behind you, and you're like, "What is that? Oh no, it's a mistake. It's not a hat, maybe, or it's not an Alfa Romeo." Where you think, "Okay, maybe I stand." You're not as worried about that because of history. Like they still might be incredibly good, but you're like, "Okay, we're still figuring out what to do with them." But Mercedes, with their track record, you're like, "Oh no, black Mercedes right behind me, Lewis and George in that car." Oh dear. Yeah, because I mean last time we saw George in a black Mercedes, he <laughs> exactly. was he he was spicy going. If you're Valtteri Bottas well in him. that Alfa yeah. Romeo and you see that behind you, like, oh no. Oh no, this is worse than him coming behind me in a Williams and Imola in the rain. But hey, <laughs> um yeah, it's 
it's interesting times. Ellie May, your thoughts on the black Mercedes? For me, it's a bit bland. When when they initially did their black livery in 2020, I thought this looks sexy and the shade of black they used was just perfect. This year, it just falls flat for me. When I see it, when I saw it under the turquoise lighting, the turquoise reflects really lovely off the car, but you're not going to get turquoise lighting around the circuits unless they're just going to install like turquoise strobe lighting around. So, and the only times we're ever going to see light reflect off the car is the dusk races or the night races, and we don't have many of them. And I also don't like George's green. It doesn't contrast well with the tur turquoise. So overall, it just falls flat for me. Sorry. Yeah, why he, why that was changed from the blue to the green? It could have been a George choice, to be fair, and that's nothing to do with the team. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this the Mercedes certainly seems to have won the, won the award for the longest car name in history. The Mercedes AMG Petronas F1 W14 E Performance. They always go for a long best car. It's are they are they trying to um, name a new document that you have to fill in at the DVLA? It's, it's the sort of thing that Elon Musk would name one of his kids. It really would. Um, I think it's 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 good to see the car match the uh, the race suits. Because that really bugged me last year when they were wearing <laughs> black, but the car was in silver. I think you keep the suits to match the car. It, I, I liked the look of the Mercedes when it was in silver, and Nico and Bottas and Hamilton were in silver. I liked it when Hamilton and Bottas were in black, and the car was black. But this is this is a good step to to see that they've finally gone. Okay, yeah, last year was definitely... Or maybe that was what was all going on all along. It wasn't the porpoising at the beginning. It wasn't their pace. It was the fact that their races didn't match the car. <laughs> Epiphany. I've had it. I've solved it. Right, who's got Toto's There's phone a number? YouTube video for you, which you've got to find a link to Hess now so you can keep him brand with for you. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> I think I think this uh, I think this year's Mercedes looks really nice. The sea foam green from the Petronas has always worked well, and it's nice to see the um, uh, that red kind of disappear from where it was around the airbox, kind of now just turned into a uh, a little red ring. Um, and you've I got uh, Nikki's red star just above, just by by the top of that as well now. So it's just very very nicely put in place. It's subtly, and you can miss that, but it's it's there. yeah, definitely. And where they had issues before with the AMG logo being absolutely slathered all over the all over the back of it towards the rear wing, it was definitely way too full on. And it's nice to see that they've kind of they've toned that down with just the Mercedes logo. But as as more pictures have come out. Uh, did anyone else see the fact that the Mercedes logo actually isn't in the middle on the nose? Yes, yeah, it's slightly skewed to one side, isn't it? Yeah. I think that could just be an error with application on that nose cone. Quite possibly, yeah, but I would have thought so. Equally, 
when it's doing 180 past you down Brooklands at Silverstone, you're probably not going to notice. No, I've never taken by that. Oh, but the but the logo is moved. Oh, why am I looking at that? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, Red Bull's hoping Michael Massey comes back and they can point out and go, "That's not to spec. That's off kilter. You can't have that on a race circuit." And Michael Massey's going to go, "Yeah, sorry, Mercedes, we can't have that on track." It's it's interesting you mentioned that actually just to tie Mercedes and Ferrari together for a second actually because I think it's the something on the front wing of, well, I can't remember the exact thing now on the Ferrari but it's essentially what front wing inlets I think on the Ferrari are what Mercedes did in Texas last year yes a more subtle interpretation of that rule so it's going to be interesting to see if the um if I and everyone else allowed that to 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 go and if, if that's going to be all right for them because it's it's very sneaky and interesting but again it's that kind of quiet confidence that Ferrari have we're like yeah we try we be cheeky we have that bit of passion that we, we give it a go and maybe we have something backed up for it but interesting that they took inspiration from the Mercedes for that one um, but again yeah if, if this Mercedes is as fast as it looks then this could be a very interesting year because that looks fast as, as fudge but yeah, I can't I say think fudge he didn't say fudge which leaves us with one more livery to go through so it's essentially a bit like the McLaren, the Aston Martin, the Williams, in the sense that it's an evolution from last year. But I prefer it. There is a pink version, which I'm not 100% across the details of where that will be deployed. Hopefully, just it, will be it in won't be. Bar- it will be in Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, and Australia. Oh, well, they've extended two, it. There, 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 is, there are three double DNFs coming their way then as punishment for having such a <laughs> stupid looking car. Um, but the blue and the pink works quite nicely. So I like it. It's going to be interesting to... I, I, I think... Yeah, I just like it. It's it's a continuation from what we had before. And uh, the pink can... Uh, can do one. Because I'm trying to be better on the swearing. It's essentially the same design with a bit of black. Really? Mm. They've just decided to show a bit of carbon fibre to shed some weight and that's it's, about... a, it's an 18th century whore. It's shown some ankle. I was going to say, it's got its carbon fibre out for the boys, but I like it. Um, I it, the, the standard one looks pretty good. I like it in the pink as well, actually. I don't think that's bad. Yes, but and you have a lot of bangs on the head, Jesse, as we know. So I'm yeah. just not afraid of toxic masculinity. I'm happy to say I like pink, my friend. And I like the French... pink. The French tricolori running down the center of it on the nose cone as well looks really good, and especially with the black Alpine writing mm. down it, it just it it's not bad. It's not bad at all. And the the with the sort of trimmed back, sort of more black around the side pods and around the sort of under the nose, it looks good in standard form. So if it goes half as well as it looks, that's it's going to be a worry for McLaren certainly. Well, there is the, the other factor that we can just the dissolved bit on the side pods of the the pink merging into the black reminds me of Endgame. Mm, it's sort of where the the side pod has been dusted almost. It's it's succumbed to the Thanos snap and is sort of fading away a little bit. Yeah, you notice that yeah. when you look at it. You can, you can see it on like the top of the engine cowl as well, where it's sort of. They Almost like like their chances of getting points when they use that pink. No, it's it's more like um one of those over the top Microsoft PowerPoint transitions between slides. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I really like it. It's 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 a little bit bold. It's a little bit different, and I I'm optimistic. The race suits don't look half bad either because there's like a lot of black on there. Then with sort of the pinky elements to them, it looks good. 
personally, I think it's I think it's fine. It's it's very similar to the McLaren, obviously not in color, but in sort of where the colors are situated on the car. Um, I like the fact that they haven't extended the BWT across the whole of the front wing, and they've put both of them to get like one on one side and one on the other. You're right, the Tricolore is is a nice touch. I'm not so sure about having the word Alpine on the on the nose next to the top end of the halo. I'm not sure about yeah, that one. Like yeah, you kind of want to like it. flipped the other way because you're just crinking your head to one side there, whereas I feel if, if you're looking at the nose, you want to be able to read left to right, not just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you've got to bear in mind what direction do most of the circuits go in. Most of them go clockwise. So as you're standing on the outside of the circuit as the car comes past you, the Alpine's going to look fine. If you're able to read that as it goes whizzing past you, then... I'm a quick reader, what can I say? But obviously, well, what be you really will be able is... to read it. You will be able to read it because it would have broken down. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say those it, things. <laughs> it amuses me how short Gazki's legs are up to Wakon's. Still taller than uh, Yuki. Yeah, we should put Yuki then next to him. <laughs> I want to see just all be of the evolution of man. You've just got you've got three drivers. You can start <laughs> with right there. Can we have all of this year's F1 grid in high order, please? And thank you. Um, how what what is the sort of? Are you saying about the uh, the Alfa Romeo or the Haas earlier, Henry, being the three kids in trench coats, just three Yukis? <laughs> three. <laughs> anyway, that is interesting. That is a good looking car. So the question is, how do you rank all ten liveries? Now that we've seen them all, and I've now got to redo my maths because Ellie may changed her predict her her rankings. How dare she? Um, so the lowest average score with uh, three out of 10 is Alpha Tauri. Second, so in ninth place is Williams on, oh no, it's um, Red Bull 5.75. Not not a lot of that general. That sounds harsh. It sounds harsh, but team and I both gave it fives. So it's it just bang in the middle. It's bang average, isn't it? I, I don't think it deserves any more than that. So yeah, William, uh, Red Bull comes second from the bottom with 5.75. Williams are third from last 6.25 and then we get straight into the sevens and we have a tie between aston martin and alpine who have both scored seven on average which isn't bad then we go to 7.25 for mclaren just a little bit better than the alpine and the aston martin seven and a half sees Haas, not doing too badly for Haas. Um, then we go to 7.75 for Mercedes, uh, 8.25 for Alfa Romeo, and then top of the billing is 9.5 for Ferrari, which sounds pretty good. Actually. Uh, here's I think the a... first bold prediction for season two of the podcast. That'll be the constructor's order for 2023. <laughs> oh, yes, please. I'll take Ooh. that. Oh, OK. Right. Hang on. Hang on. I've got the big prediction spreadsheet floating around here somewhere. Where's 2023 season predictions, team standings, team mode? That's what you want to call, right? That's how you want to call it. I'm not going to win anyway, so why not? Let's have a bit of fun. So what, Ferrari... Red Bull's second to last. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. Honda-powered engine really fell flat. Yeah, they got the McLaren ones from a few years ago. It didn't pan out too well this time. I mean, there's some sense to it, because Alpha Tauri do come dead last, and then you've got Red Bull <laughs> just above them. Uh, As also, the rules. To... So far, Timo and I are matching on two pre- 
three predictions for the championship standings next year. You, you put RB in uh, ninth place too. No, no, I, I put Alpha Tauri in 10th, Ferrari 1st and Williams 8th. So, so far, we're not doing too badly. Uh, Williams 6.25. Then we go to 7. Who are we going to rank on top, Aston Martin or Alpine? I vote Aston Martin. Aston I Martin agree. over Alpine. Ellie yeah, May? I know, it sounds weird. Mm. Fernando Fernandez. gets all the points, though. <laughs> I think Otmar's also oh, yeah, going to bottle it. Okay, so in... Hang on, that's my sister messaging me. It's probably he says Aston Martin too. You <laughs> stole. I was going to say that. No, it was. I was. I thought it was going to be something about George Russell's apartment, but no. Okay, okay so Timo's full standings are tenth place Alpha Tauri, ninth place Red Bull, eighth place Williams, seventh place Alpine, sixth place Aston Martin, fifth place McLaren, fourth place Haas, third place Mercedes, second place Alfa Romeo, first place Ferrari. So, Timo, that is that is locked in on the big Google Sheets for 2023 season predictions. After the dullness of last year, that is exactly what we would need to switch things up and have an exciting 2023. So, you know what? Why the heck not? Why not? We'll go for it. We'll see how that pans out. Anyway, that is, that is all we've got time for on this week's episode, really. We've done a lot of talking about different colours and things, which is quite impressive considering I'm colourblind. So quite why I have as much sway on this topic as that I do. That explains the me. pink helping now. It, it still looks nice to my eyes. Um, anyway, that's all we've got time for this week's episode. As you probably already heard, we will be back with our season predictions and some mutterings about... Go away, Rosie. Um, and some mutterings about um, testing in the coming days but in the meantime Timo where can the people find you for written content you can find me over on is it fast paddock sorority and paddock passion I also co-host the natural rx podcast and have my own podcast on the curbs where I've had a lot of very fun interviews so far this year and there is a lot more good stuff to come on that one some very exciting stuff there excellent Ellie May you where can you be found I can be found co-running the Instagram page, which is basically I now make the graphics and running our TikTok account. Which has proven to be quite successful, actually, much, much, much to the surprise of many of us and your hard efforts. <laughs> um, Henry, where can you be found if people want to find I, you? Uh, that is at the Haschap over on YouTube, TikTok and on Instagram as well. Excellent. And if you want more from me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter at Jesse on Cars. And you can also find me on in the on Classic Car Weekly, in Classic Car Weekly, where I'm usually There's writing a about photo shoot. Sitting on top of a stack of classic cars. Um mm. And, and yeah, you can find me in Classic Car Weekly, uh, where I've got all sorts of interesting content coming through there. I'm off to a variety of different shows and events across the year, as well as road testing some interesting cars. And uh, I'm planning to try and make a return to YouTube because I realised my channel has been completely underutilised last year when I got very busy with work. So I could be back on the tube soon. So we'll wait and see. It's also a point. If they want to see you and me, Jesse, actually in person... Yeah, we'll, we'll do a fan meet and greet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A completely unofficial <laughs> fan meet and greet at the London Classic Car Show next weekend. I say next weekend like that has any relevance to people. That'll be the, what, 24th, 25th, 6th of February. Come to London. Come to Olympia. Come to the L London Classic Car Show. Uh, you'll get to meet myself, Ellie May, and Alex Brundle. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>